Welcome to the Senior Dog Revolution, where we discuss how to give our senior dogs the best life they deserve, where age is just a number and health and happiness of our senior pets is a priority. Hello, Senior Dog Pet Parents. This is Dr. Monica Tarantino, and welcome back to the Senior Dog Revolution podcast. I am so happy you guys are here. So today we have a really special episode for you because we've got Dr. Lisa Littman here, and she is pretty amazing. Most of you all probably know about her already, um, but she is a veterinarian from the New York City area, and she has done so many cool things from changing vaccine laws in California to running her own um, veterinary business to serve people who are at home and their pets to being medical director of a really cool rescue organization that helps save dogs from Puerto Rico. So she does all sorts of really cool things. And I'm so excited to bring her and her knowledge to you guys this week. Um, She is actually one of the people that I am working on my various projects with. And you hear us talk about it early on in the episode. And this actual episode that we're, that I'm debuting for you guys today, we recorded it a few weeks ago. So just kind of bear, bear that in mind, because as we start talking about our, our new projects with Patreon, um, and the pet loss community and the upcoming course that we have coming out for senior dog pet parents, we talk about it as if it's the first time. And that's just because it really is the first time for us talking about it on here. Um, and then last week I ended up doing an episode on those two projects. So just bear with us, but I hope that you guys love this episode and let's dive into it. Okay, guys. So it has been a very long time coming and you guys have heard me talk about Miss Dr. Lisa Littman so many times in the podcast, Lisa, I can't even begin. I probably bring you up like once an episode, but I have finally, I know I've finally gotten her here and I'm so excited and we cannot wait to talk to you about the topic that we're going to cover today. Um, But let me just welcome Dr. Littman. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Yes, I know. Because we talk every day and I'm probably pretty sure I talk about you every day. So (laughs) same seas. Yeah. Um, Um, And so Dr. Littman, do you mind telling them just a little bit about, about yourself or just a little background on you? Yeah, let's see some background on me. Um, I mean, currently, I mean, I have a a lot of different experiences. So I work general, I worked uh, emergency, I should say, for about two years and general practice for two years, started my own house call practice, was recruited to be the lead New York vet of a startup house call practice, then was starting my own practice again, currently doing a little bit of my own house call practice, um, some telehealth and just giving out those Instagram tips, having the podcast, We Don't Deserve Dogs, and uh, yeah, doing a lot of different things. So amazing. starting a course with you. Yes, exactly. We have, <laughs> I haven't quite announced it to them yet, but we, Dr. Littman and I are actually coming up with a course for senior dog pet parents. Have um, we announced the Patreon? We have not. Um, oh, I let's was, do that. Yeah, we can talk about that too. We have quite a few kind of uh, things that we've been working on lately for really geared towards senior dog pet parents. And the latest thing that we're so excited about is this Patreon account. So do you want to share with them a little bit about that? Yeah, well, we did a live for anybody who wasn't there. We um, also got in touch with Dr. Katie Lawler, who's a pet loss, who's a clinical psychologist who specializes specializes in pet loss. And we teamed up to do a live about pet loss and grief. And their response was just like phenomenal. And, you know, I realized that I've been practicing for all these years. I've been, I mean, I've probably done at least hundreds of euthanasias. Yeah. And, and 
really don't have any resources or good resources, even for friends whose dogs have passed away of, of grief and stuff. And so the response that we got to that was just outrageous. And so we thought, well, let's make something where we can put a lot of time and effort into this. And so we started a Patreon account. It's pet loss. Uh, sorry, it's patreon.com slash pet loss community. Yep. Um, or you can just search pet loss community, probably on Patreon. And it's a place for us to just support each other and provide lots of resources for people and a place for us to put a lot of time and effort into to helping people cope because yeah, it doesn't exist. And I, I am so excited about this. And Dr. Lawler is too, but we just basically, once we were talking to our community on Instagram, we just saw how much they were hurting. And of course they are, but we didn't actually realize it. Even though I knew how bad it hurts from personal experience, I don't think we truly grasped just how alone people felt. Like they had no place to really go. Yeah. And they don't. I mean, it doesn't exist. Yeah. It doesn't. And so getting together, the three of us was kind of one of the most exciting things. So we're really excited, guys. If any of you guys are suffering after losing a pet recently, or you know somebody that is, definitely send them over towards our Patreon account. We've got different tiers for um, different needs that you guys have, really low-level ones up to really high ones, depending on what you guys want. And we are on there pretty frequently just because not a lot of people want to talk about it. And actually, not a lot of people actually recognize just how hard it is. But we know, like we 100% know. So definitely come check us out over there and and join our community. We'd love to have you guys there. But so today, today, what we're going to actually talk about is this really exciting test that Dr. Lisa and I are are like ecstatic about because we've mm. been we've been actually waiting for something like this to come on the market for as long as I've been practicing. Dr. Lippman, what about you? Yeah, I mean, it's always I, I saw that you had the question is can we detect cancer from a blood test? And the the, the answer has always been no. I mean, a hard answer, not even a short answer, just the hard stop is no. And so before we were doing one of our lives, I mentioned that. Um, just in the past two, about two months, a brand new test has come out called the NUQ, N-U-Q. Um, and it's by Texas A&M Laboratories. And it detects two of the most common, or I shouldn't say detects, but it can help us detect um, two of the most common cancers that we see. It's, a, it's what's called a screening test. Um uh, which is, and the, the two most common cancers that we see are lymphoma and hemangiosarcoma. So, yeah. and my dog Frodo, who I've talked about on the podcast a lot, but Frodo was my sole dog, my little Westie. He actually got hemangiosarcoma. And I think that's so crazy. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. yeah. So, Westies are splenic? not. Was it splenic? Was it? Yeah. It was a splenic yeah. mass. But I'll tell you about something about him in just a second because he did not have like the classic experience at all. Yeah. So, so traditionally for veterinarians and vet staff, hemangiosarcoma are one of the most traumatizing cancers diagnosis that pet parents can even get. And oftentimes the presentation for us at the vet clinic is dog was doing great. Older dog was doing fantastic. Then all of a sudden owners find it collapsed, weak, pale, and bring it into the vet. And then we actually do some diagnostics and we realize that there is a tumor in this dog's abdomen. And then the owner needs to make a really quick decision. And and basically it's, we have to decide if we're going to take this dog to surgery or what we're going to do with it. And that is traditionally how we find hemangiosarcomas on the spleen, which is the most common way, common place that we actually find it um, in medicine. And have you had experience? I'm sure you've had tons of experience with that, especially with working on emergency for several years. Well, yeah, it's, it's how my first dog, um, we euthanized him. So my first uh, Ridgeback 
was 12 years old and he had pemphigus and he had, and, and it wasn't, it wasn't that classic actually. I mean, what happened was I was in vet school at the time. So I really knew nothing. Um, and, uh, I mean, I always thought hemangiosarcoma was like a dog that like collapsed and what, like, you know, was sort of in that presentation. That's, I realized not at all what happened. Um, he was really, he was weak he would kind of like scuff his feet when he walked, but we thought he had mild wobblers, which is sort of a neurologic, just for people who don't know, also a sort of neurologic dysfunction as well, where it can cause them to kind of drag their feet. Um, so he was a little weak, like he was dragging his feet, but I thought, oh, maybe like that's like part of his wobblers. Um, that's just gotten significantly worse. So we took him to the general prep and he was shivering and he wouldn't eat any treats, which was like also abnormal. So we took him to the general practitioner and I kind of put this in her mind that I thought it was his wobblers. And she actually sent us to uh, the neurologist and we went to the neurologist. We almost, and then it almost seemed like he got better. So we almost turned around and like, cause that can happen. What happens is the tumor. So for people who don't know also hemangiosarcoma is actually a tumor of blood vessels and it can show up in different places. And the spleen is one of, because the spleen is so vascular, the spleen is one of the places that we see it. We also see it in the liver, the right atrium of the heart. Um, and so anyway, we almost turned around and didn't go cause we thought he was better. And then and what happens with these tumors sometimes is they can bleed and then the dogs auto transfuse. So they actually will stop bleeding and then re reabsorb the blood that they lost. Um, and, uh, and then look okay. Um, until they're not right until they have like a really big bleed that just doesn't stop. Okay. So we, we went though to the neurologist and he taught me really the art of a good physical exam because he did an exam and he said, this, this isn't wobblers. This is his abdomen is distended and fluid filled and let's take him to an ultrasound. And we, we saw then that he had, um, that he had, you know, and then he, he took a sample of it and yeah, he had, a, he had a tumor and he had a blood filled abdomen. So, um, yeah, I mean, I would say the one good thing about this cancer probably is that it's not super painful. Um, so I think that's, that's the one good thing, but yeah, I mean, I wish I had one more day with him. Uh, we made the decision at the time just because of all his other health things to euthanize him. I don't think I would have done that now. Hindsight's 2020. I'm pretty confident I would have taken him to surgery, um, and then done some, but I really didn't know then. And to be honest, the neurologist didn't do the best job of walking me through. But anyway, so I know, you know, Ridgebacks have this history of hemangiosarcoma. And so, yeah, I have dealt with it. Yeah. I have been traumatized by it. Yeah, uh, for sure. And, uh, yeah, yeah. So did his did his signs that you described, like him, like kind of driving, scuffing his back feet, did that start all of a sudden? Or was that like a gradual thing that you guys are noticing? You know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Now that I look back, he was having like episodes of weakness, but I just... I didn't even know what was ha like, I couldn't even put my finger on it. So I didn't even think to really take him to the vet at the time, which is just like crazy. I mean, he would like, he would like crouch down his back legs. He would just kind of like crouch down and walk a little funny. Um, or it might be like wobbly for a second, but like I always attributed to something. Um, and then just acutely one day, you know, my ex called me and said like, he doesn't, he doesn't seem to feel well, like he's shivering and he won't take treats. Right. And that was really our biggest. He was panting, he was shivering and he wouldn't take treats. And when we got him up to walk, he didn't want to get up, but what he did get up, he was kind of scuffing his feet. And so that was like the weakness. But I always thought of him and just like in vet school was like the typical like collapse. But like, that's not the way it works. He was it's shivering because yeah. he was cold. He right. had, was losing blood. 
Yeah. Yeah. So. No, I mean, I mean, you don't always see it classically like that. That is what the classic presentation yeah. is though. When we, yeah. uh, during our history. Now that I think, now that I know, right. um, but that's not what I thought. Yeah. It can look to pet parents, like a lot of different things such as that, just your, right. your dog acting off. Um, right. But yeah, so f- we actually found Frodo. Frodo was collapsed um, on the floor outside of, or, mm-hmm. uh, by, right by the bed when I found him uh, that morning. And I was in vet school too. And so rushed him into vet school and, and we went, we went through that whole thing. We took him to surgery. He did great though. But Let's go. So we've talked kind of a little bit about like what one of these cancers that this new test, the new Q test can help pick up on um, about the significance of it for pet parents and for ourselves and our own experience with our own dogs having these. But let's let's just back up real quick and just quickly talk to us real quick about the traditional blood work that we do, like the stuff that we usually routinely test every year. On our dogs. Yeah. Well, I just did this on Chloe also yesterday, her routine every four to six month blood work. Um, so usually we run like a CBC chemistry. A CBC is a complete blood cell count. So we look at like white blood cell count, red blood cell count, seeing if there's any infection, inflammation, anemia, things like that. And then we look at the chemistry, which tells us about organ function. So Usually that's kidney function, liver function. That's most of what we see. We can see some markers and suspects of other things, um, but that's mostly what we see. Uh, so yeah, so that's what I... Right, and those right. things don't classically. So that is what classic routine blood work is. When your vet right. is asking you, do you want to do blood work on your dog? They're usually asking if you want to do this routine right. blood work, which is very, very valuable, especially in older dogs. So we really encourage you guys to do that. That's what traditionally we've had for decades and decades and decades, right? Now there is a new type of blood test, which is this new Q test, which we're super excited about. So we've talked about how it helps pick up on hemangiosarcomas and lymphomas, which mm-hmm. my understanding is that those two cancers make up can make up about 30% of the Sounds cancers right. that we see in older dogs. But talk to us a little bit about how these tests work. So they work by actually detecting the breakdown of cancer cells. So what are they call them? Nucleosomes. Um, And, uh, you know, the test says that it it may not be able to differentiate between severe inflammation and cancer. So that's the thing to know also. So it's it just can help. It's It's a screening test. Again, it's not necessarily going to diagnose them with this cancer. So if, and it, it, the way it comes back is it comes back with um, suspicion. So it says like your, your, this is the level for like a normal healthy dog. This is a level. It's a little bit elevated. Uh, there's another level then that says recheck in one month. And then it says like high level, high suspicion. Um, and I think if you get any of those, then, you know, basically cues you in to go, um, to go searching, right? right. So go, so you're going to do your imaging and actually look for what is that source? Um, where is it coming from? Right. And that's super important because it's, it's not just like a, the end diagnosis for, for us. Right. It's just like a, okay, guys, like this is pointing towards these. Now you've got to go, go decide to do your ultrasounds and your x-rays right. and all of those things to go looking for where this could be. Cause it doesn't really tell you where in the body it could be either. And it doesn't tell you if it's lymphoma or hemangiosarcoma or right again, where it is again. Cause we talked about, right. Yeah. Yeah. Spleen. Really amazing. And so for you guys that don't know, so Dr. Lisa actually has a, an older dog, Chloe, that she, yeah an older large breed dog 10 years and two months 10 years and two months uh-huh. and um and she just actually performed this test actually is like just now out i don't know if it's been out for weeks two, I don't, two to two three months, months two three months something okay. like something like that something like that but so i just heard about it from from dr sue cancer vet so shout out to her so she was saying because i was saying she's a ridgeback a lot of you know her family like they're definitely prone to hemangiosarcoma. so i've just been kind of waiting and i'm always like 
Dr. Sue, what should I do? You know, how often should I be monitoring her? What kind of monitoring should I do? So she just told me about this new Q test. And um, you want to, you want to go here first? So it requires a half a mil of serum pulled off of a purple tube top. So you need a a purple tube top uh, or an EDTA tube, which is a purple top we refer to as. Um, And they recommended pulling five mils of blood. So I only, we pulled four. So I did two purple tops and put two mil because usually most EDTA purple tube tops will only take two mils of blood per tube. So we pulled two. I did it actually on the street, by the way. So I went to my friend's clinic. Um, shout out to Dr. Liff at Pure Pause in Brooklyn. Um, but I didn't want to expose the staff to other people. And I have my own nurse. So she met me and uh, right on the street outside in the clinic, we took her <laughs> blood like it's that easy. We took two purple tops and then I went into the clinic and you have to ship it on ice. And the only other thing is to remember not to send it on Friday because nobody's there over the weekend and they sh- you, it gets shipped overnight and it's so temperature sensitive. Oh, the other thing is that the dog has to be fasted. Right. So really important. They recommend an eight to 12 hour fast prior to pulling the blood as well. That's all really good to know. I mean, yeah. so just the fact that you were able to pull blood on Chloe on the street. <laughs> I mean, it's that, that simple though, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's that simple. It just shows you kind of, and that's, that's yeah. one of the benefits I think of this test is that it's non-invasive. So most dogs tolerate pulling, getting blood pulled really, right. really well. And that's super easy for us to do. The other uh, pro is going to be obviously that we can use this as a screening test for our, especially our older large breed dogs that are prone to some of these cancers. So like Labrador retrievers, sorry, golden retrievers, boxers, like any, honestly, most of them. So, yeah, I mean, so on their website, cause I was like, how do they recommend this? You know, um, are we, am I just kind of throwing money away? You know, what, what's happening? So they, on their website, they recommend it as a wellness screening for older dogs or for dogs who you have high suspicion of cancer and or for dogs who just have a familial history. So it's kind of like any old dog, really, yeah. especially the large breed dogs, um, right, with the hemangiosarcomas. So, of course. Um, yeah. so yeah, so I think any, so we'll see what happens. I should get results on Monday. It takes three to five days to get, to get results back. is what they say. Yeah. That's really tempting. I'm, I'm just, I think I'm going to actually do it on Becca first for, um, at our clinic just to see, <laughs> see You're writing she's like, everything I down. Know, I know she's 16 years old guys. So she's my Labrador mix. So I think that I will probably try it on her and I'll let you guys know how that goes yeah. as well. My, my guess it's going to price will definitely vary by clinic. Um, but my guess will be that it would be anywhere from like maybe around three to $500, something like that. Okay. That's a guess. Yeah. Sounds about right. So what is the summary of podcast episode? And I I think there's a couple things for you guys to know about. So the first thing is just to know that one, routine blood work is very, very valuable, but it does not pick up on cancer, right? Traditionally, routine blood work does not pick up on cancer. Um, So the other thing to know is that since we have this brand new test out there for those owners that are really wanting to take that extra step, this test could be requested at your general practice says that you take your dog um, at, you know, at various points, you can always ask them about it. And the other thing is don't expect every vet to know about this just yet. (laughs) I was going to say, yeah. It's brand um, new. It's brand new. Brand new. Yeah. I heard about it and in December when Dr. Yeah. Uh, Sue actually was talking about things she's most excited about for 2021 oh, and it wasn't cool. available yet, but it's, it's so, so new. It's probably going to be just like Lisa had to sign yeah. up 
the hospital for for the account there. It's going to be something like that. So it'll be really new for these guys, but you can certainly ask them about it and ask them if they think they'd recommend it for your dog. It'd be a great add-on um, for them. Yeah. So, and I think that they recommended, Dr. Lemon, correct me if I'm wrong, but they recommended actually starting to screen these guys at middle age. So the large breed dogs that are prone to it, but like middle age to older dogs, they recommend starting to screen them for this to see if we can start. Okay. I didn't see an age. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Start picking up on these sooner. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That sounds good. Yeah. It's great. It's, it's really, it's, you know, just one more tool in our toolbox. Exactly. I'm excited about it. So, yeah. All right. Thank you so much for being here, Dr. Lisa. Yeah, we well, we'll you. make sure to share Chloe's results with everybody, yeah. um, much to my angst, but uh, <laughs> she's doing good otherwise. So she's yeah. happy. She doesn't. Uh, she's happy. Good. We're happy to hear that. <laughs> All right, guys. So we will talk to All you right. uh, again in the future. Thank you guys so much. so much. Bye. Dr. Lisa. All right. Bye. All content on Senior Dog Revolution is for informational purposes only and should not be considered as a substitute for any type of professional veterinary advice for your pet. Your dependence on the content of any information found on Senior Dog Revolution is at your own risk as nothing discussed or mentioned here can replicate a true doctor-patient relationship between yourself and a veterinarian. As always, for veterinary care and advice for your pet, please see your veterinarian. Your veterinarian.